What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. We got Carrie Wood back. She was with us on Tuesday, just recently. We were talking about monitoring mental health, and that's, I think, a really good episode, so definitely check that out. We got an old veteran, Larry Cooper. He's been on the podcast multiple times. I think he was on there when we were in NAT in Houston. He's been on when I was here. He's been on quite a few times. Um, and then also joining again, Todd Sable. So it's going to be a fun conversation. We're talking about how you can communicate. I was on social media and uh, Mike Hopper, he's a real big advocate for athletic trainers on social media. And one of the things, I'm pretty sure I know specifically what I was talking about, but it was, he was saying, you know, it's funny how there's a uh, Twitter, AT Twitter accounts that claim to promote and improve the profession, but most of the stuff they do is negative. So that's kind of the theme with what we're going to be going with today, right? And so once we get into it, uh, that's kind of the only thing we're talking about. And so Carrie, we talked about um, how she was, she's been uh, at Redmond High School for, you know, going on 26 years. She's in the Hall of Fame in Oregon and end of the episode about monitoring mental health was really good. And it's a really simple way. Uh, I've looked through the, the notes and I've, kind of created the post so that hopefully it has the step-by-step instructions and I'll go back and but this one is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash communicate and then one random fact about Carrie is um <clears throat> I the people who know me know that I am in my car in my suitcase and everywhere I'm at so. how often at a <laughs> holiday do you get like a bottle or like a like a different types of flavors of Tabasco oh I only like just the regular no no other flavors and like if you go to a restaurant with me I'll ask for Tabasco and they'll say oh we have Tapatio no then pretty quickly I think I've developed an immunity to the hotness I just like the flavor but <laughs> <laughs> all right very interesting I mean Carrie so if, uh, you, if you're ever at a uh you know a, a buffet breakfast or something at a hotel a handful <laughs> <laughs> all right all right, so Larry, something new, interesting about you. Um, we, last time we talked about the strangest food you've ever eaten. So what do you think your answer to that would be? Uh, the squid, dry squid. And I had a Japanese college roommate, and I tried that along with some sake. Interesting combination. <laughs> All right, so, right, and so well, the guy, the the fisherman, whatever you like, very hard to, to bite off. And so very interesting. All right. So dried squid. So kind of last week we talked about monitoring mental health and we talked about these questions and I never really tied them. We're getting to know random fun things or, or just like yesterday, two days ago with one of my coaches and another one of my coaches, we we're talking about, Hey, uh, over the Christmas break, let's get on and say, we'll just come play games, hang out at the house, cook some food. Right. So we're communicating, we're building those relationships and we're growing together because we're not just wins practice, this athletes hurt, but we're, we're doing something else. We're building those conversations. We're communicating. We're going to talk, right? And so just recently, I, there was a kind of an issue going on. And um, I was like, hey, coach, can you explain this to me? Or why did this happen? Instead of, you know, like, instead of I could just sit there in the athletic training room. Instead, I just got up, walk over there. Hey, can you explain this to me? And so, that's, again, that's, that's the path we're headed on this week. And uh, Todd's going to be doing most of the questions, but uh, that's kind of... Kind of just like one little story where I have learned to communicate and grow the relationship or improve the practice as an athletic trainer. So, 
Yeah, I think that's a good segue. And uh, I mean, I, I think we're going to touch on kind of a few topics in terms of communicating you know, with coaches, officials, parents, um, other athletic training professionals as well. And the biggest thing I think, and again, this is I, I, like, I like this group we have because we're all a little bit different age group and probably have some different differing uh, perspectives, perspectives and stuff. But when there's a lack of communication, we don't know where somebody else is coming from, the context they have, the education they have. And we, you know, we all kind of in our heads think, you know, may, maybe think that we know best or we have the best perspective or best idea. Um, but without that communication, we don't know where other people are coming from. So I think people like to jump to conclusions a lot on certain things that creates divide and everything. I mean, just in general, in, in, in today's day and age, everything is so polarized, you know, not just politics or not just, you know, other things, but even just day-to-day -day dialogue between athletic training professionals um, in general. So, like I said, like I said earlier, we, I think we have a lot of, a lot of good topics to touch on. Um, and I'm sure we could get, all give plenty of different examples of, um, of, of all the people that we, that we, we just touched on, um, you know, whether there were conflicts or so on and so forth, but, um, where would you guys just kind of open up? Where would you guys kind of say that that is um, just in terms of athletic training profession um, in general, in terms of uh, the, the dialogue that's going on? Ladies uh, first. <laughs> either, either, either one. <laughs> I could say that if you don't have good communication skills, that you can't be a good athletic trainer, period. Um, because we're in a business that we work with people and we so any profession that you work with people you need to be able to communicate with them um i was just reading an article that talked about the most desirable traits of that employers are looking for number one was communication skills number two was honesty and integrity and number three which i thought was interesting was um teamwork skills so i'm getting a phone call on my ipad that's weird all right. Am I still on there? <laughs> but anyway, those three things, communication, honesty, and integrity, and, and teamwork skills, I mean, that just sums up our whole profession, I thought. And so, really, it's so important. What do you think, Larry? Uh, to add to that, you know, yeah, we are a people profession. And if you can't communicate with the people you're dealing with every day, obviously, you're going to have an issue. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. But to add to Carrie's um, three things, I think positivity has to be there as well because, you know, <clears throat> we're dealing with injuries and possibly season-ending injuries and and illnesses and things like that. So we have to remain upbeat and positive and not always be that doom and gloom or, you know, the person that, you know, is is like the, uh, <clears throat> the Grim Reaper. We're, we are not that, you know, we're, <laughs> athletic trainers are fun people. But mm -hmm. we sometimes get the rap that, you know, we're the Grim Reaper because we're always giving negative news. We're, when we talk to parents, we talk to coaches, it's always negative. So um, we have to try and change that, work a little bit harder maybe to be a little bit more positive in, in all situations. Yeah, and I mean, positivity, I mean, some of the even the new studies coming out, positivity can have a huge impact on the outcomes of an athlete and, you know, in rehabilitation and so on and so forth. Um, so start, so with, with coaches, for example, you know, I'm sure we've all had disagreements with coaches one way or the other, you know, whether, whether it was things they were doing in practice or, you know, recovery time or, you know, even just scheduling. Um, what, what, are, what are some tips that we can give to athletic trainers maybe on how, how we can communicate with coaches a little better just in terms of, of you know, issues that arise along the way? We, maybe later we can start with you. 
Well, I think that you always have to look at the big picture. You can't always look at your side or the coach's side. You have to look at the big picture and include the parents and the, the athletes and, and, you know, the team and things like that. When you start stepping back and looking at the bigger picture, I think you, you become a better clinician. You, you have a, start to develop a better rapport with everybody involved. And uh, we, we have to remember this is something that they absolutely love to do. And sometimes we take – their injury, not us. The injury takes them apart away from that, but they think it's us because they're in the athletic training room. They're doing rehab. They're not at practice. They're not participating. And I've, I've always tried to be very uh, mindful of that because I, I had a uh, pretty significant injury when I was in high school that I was removed from wrestling for over a year. And I mean, wrestling was my, you know, my main sole focus in high, you know, as far as athletics. And it was, really kind of identified me in high school you know I was known as a wrestler I was known you know in the school so <clears throat> I've always tried to be mindful of that you know and I think it we as athletic trainers have to do a better job of that okay, what do you think? I, I would say that it starts before the first day of the season your you know your relationship that you build with your coaches starts early so when I have a new coach that comes on board, I always schedule a meeting with them. And, and <clears throat> I think one thing that we lose sight of is that we're in a service profession. We're here to serve and help and assist. Um, yeah, we're the support staff. And so I make sure that the coaches know, hey, I'm here to help you. I want us to succeed as much as you want to succeed. And so what, what can I do to help you make our team better? Um, but then I also say, but you need to know that if I have a kiddo, I, I, that I have to pull, it's, it, they have to be pulled. That's, you know, there's yeah. some, it, it's a big deal, you know, but otherwise I will try to keep your athletes on the field as much as I can. My job is to keep your athletes on the field, not to take your athletes off the field. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think that helps just to have that upfront conversation. So they know that you're on their team and you're, you're not the bad guy. Um, yeah. I make sure I attend all coaches meetings. Uh, so they know that I'm on their team as well, you know, that everybody sees us there and make sure that we're part of the group and not this um, separate person. Because I know a lot of times if you have an athletic trainer that's coming in from uh, outside that doesn't work in the school, sometimes they get, you know, isolated and don't feel like part of that team. So make sure you include yourself. You have to reach out. I, you know, and I know, Coop, you do this too. Um Every single day, whether I need to or not, I walk up to the front office, I walk through there, say hi to everybody. Even if I don't need to do anything, I act like I have to come up and do something. <laughs> but you just make yourself known. And, and, and once you start, once they start feeling that you're part of their team as well and you want to succeed, they'll accept you and um, listen and respect your opinion and decisions. I think. <laughs> Sorry, I, no, I think no, both Carrie and I talked about this in, in, in our own special way is it takes effort. I mean, you, you certainly have to de develop those relationships, that school or family um, atmosphere that you want, but it takes effort. It doesn't happen on its own. There's no, you know, miraculous time where all of a sudden you're there for two years and you've got a, an atmosphere of family. You've got to work at that every single and every single day. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I kind of uh, one thing Carrie said it resonated with me a lot because 
every position I've ever been in, and I, I'm, I'm still relatively young as an athletic trainer, but every position I've been in has been an outreach. So I'm not, you know, at the school in the, in, you know, in the morning throughout the day or, or teaching or anything. So I've always felt like, like you said, Larry, it, it, I've had to put a little bit of extra effort in to, you know, try to become a part of a part of the school, a part of the community. And some of the best, honestly, some of the best ways that I've formed bonds with coaches has been through a little bit of conflict. I mean, I, one of my first two weeks after my, in my first job, uh, well, I, was, I guess I was still in graduate school, but in my first full-time athletic training high, uh, position, um, I, I had a conflict with a coach and um, ended up having a, a very good relationship with him after, you know, kind of yelling at me during practice about, you know, about a, a concussion and stuff. And um, I walked out you know, after practice, he was walking to his car and I, I followed him out and I was like, hey coach, you know, um, you know, we're not always going to see eye to eye on things. Um, you know, I'd appreciate it if you, you know, you wouldn't kind of yell out and stuff in front of the, the coaching staff and the team, just because I'm still new and trying to you know, develop my um, credibility with everyone. But if you have something that, that you disagree with me on, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk with you about it. Just let, let's do that on our own time and, you know, behind closed doors so we can figure things out and be on the same page. And I mean, from that moment on, I think I gained a lot of his respect just because of that, you know, I had that respectful conversation with him. So I think that stuff's really, really important just with the effort because it, those things aren't comfortable to do. I mean, you know, I've never been a huge, you know, conflict guy. I, you know, in my younger years, I tried to avoid it a lot. But um, sometimes the most learning and most connection come through can come from conflict. Um, and the, the other thing I wanted to kind of point out, and I want to get you guys, uh, you know, uh, insight on is, and I see this a lot on social media too. We always talk about, you know, how long our days are and, um, you know, how much we have going on. But you know, coaches do as well. You know, they're, they're teaching, probably coaching, have kids at home. So they could have had a bad day with the kids. Kid, kid, kid could have been sick in the morning, had a bad day at school and they come in, you know, they're not the most pleasant to be around and they maybe, you know, kind of blow off some steam on you. But at the end of the day, they, they have a million things going on just like, just like we do. So, you know, we got to kind of keep that in mind too. I'm sure you guys have had kind of runs with that. Yeah. And with that said, I just had a conversation with a couple of our women's basketball team has gone through a lot of injuries and they weren't very good to start with. And now they're losing some kids. But um, you talked about the coach being upset with you about a concussion. Um, you have to, we, we also have to remember that when we tell coaches that they are losing a, an important part of their team, it, it don't take it's not, you know, and I think okay, when coach finds out they they might act like they're mad at you or seem upset, but you have to know they're not mad at you. They're mad at the situation and they feel bad that you're going, you know, have to be out as well. And so just always remember, don't take it personal. They're not, you know, the, it, it's like Larry, you said before, it's not us that's taking a kid out. It's the injury, you know, so. Don't think, don't take things too personal when coaches get upset about injuries because they get over it. You know, they know. You have to find that connection too with the coaches that you're you're dealing with. And I think Jeremy alluded to it. You know, he's trying to make an effort to um, have a game night with you know some of the coaches and their family. And <clears throat> I'm sure Carrie, you know, you go to all the coaches' meetings, and I did as well. You have to find that connection, something you can talk about that's not athletics or not injuries or not sport related to develop that connection, that, that friendly atmosphere so that you can talk about things like you did, Todd, you know, kudos to you for approaching that coach and especially mm -hmm. being a young professional. Uh, sometimes you try and just 
skirt around that. You avoid that. You know, it's that fight or flight. You know, you and complain you, about it on social media later. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was actually very impressed that you did that because most young people would absolutely divert, deflect that away and, and avoid that at all expense. But you saw the reap, you know, what you, the fruits of your labor there, you know, better relationship. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'll say coaches talk. So once you have a great interaction or build a relationship with one coach, if somebody new comes on board or they start to say something, that coach will have your back and be like, oh no, the, you know, he's great. You, yeah, he's doing, he's trying to help out our team. You know, they'll have your back and that the, the word spreads, you know, same with parents and other, you know, once you impress one parent, they'll start talking about how much you impress them. And then other parents may not even know you, but they know that they've heard, you know, so. And on the flip side of that, I don't know if you guys are aware, the Ford Motor Company did a study years ago and that for every bad thing that happens, eight people here, for every good thing, one person hears. So when you have a negative interaction, you, you can best guarantee you're going to have some issues trying to put out that fire or that negativity. So, you know, those positive interactions are, are very, very important. Repeat those numbers for me. For every bad thing, it's eight people. And for every good thing, it's three. One. One. That magnifies the the importance of making sure we're, we're you know, doing the right things and try, trying to, again, approaching everything we can with positivity. Right. Then, you know, it, it's harder to do, but it'll spread, you know. So um, on, on the kind of on the, not, I shouldn't say on the flip side, but, Officials are another kind of unique part of the, our job that we deal with, and it's it's a little bit more complicated just because we you know we don't see them every day, and we maybe see them once a year. You know what I mean? Whether it's you know pregame medical timeout or even walking out to the field before the game, and but those are you know those are people that we could potentially have conflict with as well. Um, obviously, the medical timeouts put in place you know so we can um, you know deliberately communicate with officials. But um, are there be- are there other ways or better ways that you know because officials play a part in injuries too whether it's you know stopping a game or maybe not making a call or making a call that you know either could protect or maybe in our eyes not protect the kid from injury during a game are there are there ways outside of the medical timeout maybe that we could help you know better communicate with officials or yeah larry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i was very blessed to live in a community where a lot of the officials i saw for multiple events they were maybe a football official and they did volleyball too or soccer and they were wrestling officials. So I, I mean, I actually first name basis. Hey Coop, how you doing? You know, Hey Joe, how are you? How are the kids? But yeah. you know, I was very fortunate that way. And what I did is whenever there was a new rule, whether it be, you know, what sport I'd go up to him at the beginning of the year and say, Hey, listen, can you, can you explain to me the rationale for this rule and how you are going to enforce this rule you know, as an athletic trainer, I need to be aware of this. So any any help you can give me would, would benefit you and me. And when you start doing that, you know, it's a collaboration rather than a, you know, you just deal with each other, you know, but you're collaborating to, for the safety of the kids. They look at you a little bit differently, too. Um, I had to miss a soccer game one time and um, – the next soccer game, the official, same officials, and hey, Coop, where were you? We missed you. You know, we, we, we like having you on this. We, we feel comfortable having you on the sideline. You know, we appreciate you. And I, I was like, oh, thanks. I appreciate you guys, too. Thanks for saying something, you know. But you, you've got to, that rapport 
you've got to be a people person. It goes back to what both Carrie and I said originally. We are a people profession. You've got to be able to talk and find a way to connect with them. Mm -hmm. It's all about building relationships. Um, I like to think of it like this. Uh, obviously, the pre-meeting, like you're talking about, get to know who they are and talk to them before the game starts. But how would you feel as an athlete trainer if you're over on the sidelines doing an evaluation on a kid and an official comes over and starts yelling, what the heck are you doing? Are you blind? That's not how, you know, you're not keeping this kid safe. Okay, realize that their officials were not officials. They know what they're doing. They And they don't want to be yelled at and criticized about the way they're doing things any more than we want to be criticized about the way they're doing things. So kind of remember that in the back of your head that, um, that you know, twist it around. You wouldn't want that to happen to you. So why would you do that to them? If you don't agree with something that they're doing, that's, it's unfortunate, you know, but um, yelling at them in the middle of the game isn't going to help. But like you said, Larry, that pre-conversation, getting to know them, you know, helps so much. It's all about relationship building. Yeah, I, I always try to look at the big picture too, kind of like what, what we were talking about earlier. Like the, these officials are taking time away from their families or maybe even their jobs where they could be making more money, you know, so they can come out and help officiate a game so the kids can do something they enjoy. And I, it, it really kind of disheartens me some, some of the times the, the ridicule that they get, you know, they're all going to make bad calls. We're human, but, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're doing a great service for, for just, you know, athletics in general. So the kids can do things that they love. So yeah. I always try to keep that in the back of my head too. Um, so switching gears a little bit, Larry, do you want to say something? Yeah. No. No, okay. Good. So switching gears a little bit, um, with kind of, I guess, kind of getting more into like interprofessional with, you know, athletic trainers in general. Um, and we can kind of open a you know Pandora's box with this. Um, <laughs> we we kind of referred to the, the the communication earlier, whether it's on social media, um, what you know could be could be face to face. It's very polarized. You know, there's one side here, there's one side there. There's not much gray area. It's either, you know a lot of it seems black or white. That, that's what people kind of kind of think, think things as. So. I guess, I mean, kind of open it up. I mean, we see, we, we see people, you know, complaining a lot on social media, whether it's about their job or asking a question. And then we see all kinds of different responses. A lot of them, unfortunately, being negative. Um, how can we, as athletic trainers, you know, on a public forum, like, you know, with Twitter, Facebook, how can we maybe initiate these conversations better without, you know, whether it's tone, how, how can we start to initiate these things better? So maybe all the responses aren't negative because it could be maybe some, maybe it's some, how the question or the, the post is being portrayed. How, how can we do a better job of initiating that stuff on, on the public forums? Um, <clears throat> I am probably one of the most sarcastic people that you'll ever meet, but sarcasm doesn't come across in text and writing. And so I, I would say try to remember that um when you're on social media and typing things that not everyone interprets what you're writing as sarcasm and <laughs> it might you know come across wrong um a lot of uh, new athletic trainers that are you know brand new in the profession one or two years will go on social media and ask for advice and i think they're truly needing advice and so when the people come on and respond in sarcastic ways um it's not helpful uh, 
I mean, it's funny to some of us who understand sarcasm and, and get that, but if, you know, I just see some of the things that are so dramatic on how people, well, I would tell that guy to blah, 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 and I'd report him to blah, blah, you know, and all, <laughs> and, and I think, really, would you do that? Or, you know, and is that good advice? How about you just go talk to the person you're having a conflict with first and let them know that, you know, that bothered you. But um, so sarcasm and just how you're, remember, if you're responding to someone on social media asking for advice, just make it real advice. They really need help if they're asking, especially if they're young. You know, I guess maybe my age is going to show here a little bit, <laughs> but I, I think that I've had to step away from social media at times. And Carrie and I have talked about this because there's so much and negativity and the questions that are asked to me are just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. There are, there's a correct way and a correct question to ask for advice on a social media platform. You know, maybe you're having difficulty um, with, exercises, um, maybe getting final range of motion on an athlete's uh, injury and you want some help or assistance, you that's a great forum. You can get all kinds of ideas. But I, I don't think that, that social media is a place to complain about a coach or a parent or an administrator or, or <clears throat> talk about, um, you know, somebody who stepped in front of you while you're sitting on your <laughs> golf cart, you know, things like that. I, you know, and I think society as a whole has lost that filter to be able to, to decide what is appropriate and what's inappropriate to ask for advice for. Um, so I, I've had to step away, you know, from the, the Facebook and the Twitter and, and stuff just because of, of that negativity. And, and some of these, I think my cop, my, Mike and I have had some some conversations about, you know, he is an absolute advocate for our profession. I love the way he does it. Everything's positive, um, or the questions he asks are are appropriate. What I feel are appropriate questions. He's needing advice. He's needing maybe some suggestions, and he's looking for other avenues or other ways to do it. Um, but he's never negative. He's never sarcastic. He's never. Um, stirring up the pot and, you know, putting lighter fluid on the fire. I mean, he, it's always seems to be extremely positive and thought provoking. And, and I think that, I don't know, I, I whenever I put anything on, um, and I put something on yesterday, I, I try to be positive. You know, I, I had an opportunity to go speak to the senior athletic trainers at the University of Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you, I, I came out of there recharged and energized from their enthusiasm. Well, it, it, that's, that's positivity. You know, I tried to share that and that's truly how I felt. Um, and, and honestly, most of us probably started our social media platforms for personal reasons. And maybe sometimes the, the professional kind of filtered in there. Um, I tried to always keep my professional life professional, you know, separate. And then if it's a social media personal account, then it's a personal issues. You know, that's just me. Sure. Yeah. I, I actually had a cool conversation with Mike um, at NATA. It was the first time I met him. But, you know, just like you guys were saying, you know, I mean, he's as big of an advocate for athletic training as you can have. Um, and 
we, kind of going back to, and we were talking about the questions that people ask on, on social media and be, being a, a, a young professional, um, I, I kind of share the same viewpoint as you, Larry, that, um, and I guess this is kind of my entrepreneurial spirit in my, in, in my mind that the forms that we have are awesome. If we want to ask questions like, you know, how, how can I, how can I get more range of motion at the end of this rehab or, you know, how can I get those last few degrees? But for like some of the simple questions, and this is more talking to young professionals, you got to try to exhaust all your options, all, all your other options first, right? You know, take a little bit of initiative and put some effort into finding an answer on your own first. And if all else fails, then you come back and ask your colleagues. Um, it's just, just trying to take a little bit of initiative. I, I think, I think that's kind of been lost, like you said. Um, and maybe, maybe it's looking for the easy way out or maybe being a little bit lazy and I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be negative at all. I just think we need to take as, as younger professionals, I'm kind of just talking to, to those people, but take a little bit more initiative on your own first to find the answer first. And if, if, that, if all else fails, then come back and ask, you know, some of the more seasoned colleagues or people that have been through that and get help from them there. So let me jump in real quick. Um, there's quite a few people that are checking in online, Perry, Don, uh, Sylvan, Chris, and then, uh, Sioban said that she's super excited that we're talking about this and just how helpful it is. Um, and Brian Anderson, Richard Davis, Leander Walker. So Leander Walker gave a big shout out to you, Coops, and uh, giving you like high fives and all caps and stuff like that. Jaime Lopez, Margo Long, and Cleus uh, Summerall. I'll checking in live, just joining the conversation just to hear what you guys say. And it's funny that we're talking kind of about social media while they're checking in live on, on Facebook. Um, but like you just said, it can be a great area for growth and one of the one of my favorite things about social media is that I get to connect with people and I get to see other situation because here I am in Texas where athletic trainer is athletic training is pretty big like it's pretty well known it's pretty prominent but then I hear from people in other parts of the country where they barely get any extra stipend they have all these extra duties they're a full-time teacher and only paid on a 10-month contract instead of a 12-month contract something like that and I'm like oh wow you know, me wanting a third athletic trainer for our high school isn't as big a deal whenever you look at the whole situation. And, you know, and I've had my times where I've also said dumb things or like, oh, well, you need to do this or you need to report that. So instead of just, hey, go talk to them. So it's one of those things that I'm still learning too. But to everybody that's checking in live, I really appreciate you joining the conversation. And again, if you're checking in live, then you know how to get it. But if, if you're listening to the podcast later, then you can follow sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Facebook, and then it'll send you like a notification. So, um, all right, so we're going to continue on there, Todd, or I, I think I kind of cut you off, Larry. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to maybe um, speak for Carrie just a, a little bit here. Um, we're, we're, you know, I guess seasoned veterans, I um, guess people call it. noted that he introduced you as old. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> me as old. So <laughs> and, um, we, I, I always had colleagues, um, from local high schools that, you know, if there was an injury here in my school, I'd call them and, you know, explain to them what, what, what happened, what, what we saw. And, uh, you develop that relationship with other athlete trainers in your area. Well, I think they, they are your mentors. They might be your same age. They might even be younger. They could be older, but they are your mentors because you, 
you have conversations with them, you start, you learn to respect them, you learn to trust them. And so those people are the ones that you should talk to. Todd, you're talking about exhausting okay. resources. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to them, get the, get a feel from them before you go out on social media. Um, and I, you know, I say I'm old school, but it's about communicating, you know, talking to people and developing those relationships and making sure that you have someone that can, um, you can trust and you, you can, you can talk to and Carrie, I'm, I know you did that. I, that's just the person you are. Um, and I can add to that. We have in Oregon, there's about eight of us and I don't, we just all kind of, we're all scattered all over Oregon, this group of eight, but we have a group text. And so that's where we vent our, oh my gosh, I had the, the stupidest athlete you know, say something dumb today or, oh, I'm so mad at this coach. That's where we vent things that um, are negative and we need to vent and somebody else, you know, can jump in and say, oh my gosh, I've had that too. I'm sorry that happened. You know, and and that's where we tell our funny stories and use sarcasm because we all know each other and, and know that we have this little venting circle within the profession and within a group of friends again, does it need to go to, I don't even know how many thousands are on that, on the different Facebook page and followers on Twitter, but um, develop a tight group of friends where you can vent and be negative and and sarcastic and tell funny stories, you know, Um, save the, save the negativity for, you know, your close friends, but not for the world to see. I I guess I'm such, I love the profession of athletic training so much. I don't want to put out there in the public when something bad happens because I don't want it to affect people's view of this profession. Does that make sense? So I, I don't like when people talk negatively about our profession because I love it so much and I want it to grow. And so in order to do that, it's not helping the profession to speak say bad things and talk negatively and talk trash about other athletic trainers because they didn't introduce themselves to you at a football game or something like that. So those things bother you, go handle it, take care of it right then, go talk to them. Yeah, it's just funny the things, like you said, some of the things are just crazy that people are worried about. I, I would, like you just said about people complain about the athletic trainer didn't come up and introduce themselves. Well, did you go to them? Exactly. If that bothers you, go over there and say hi. Yeah. I mean, you're crying out loud. What, what, you know, if they're not going to make the effort, you make the effort. What, yeah, what's, there's you no know, rules. It, and you have to be the home. No and you might end up um, developing a friendship, a, a tremendous friendship, you know, for years. Yeah, you, maybe they're brand new to the profession and super shy, and all they need is someone to come over and say hi to them, and, and all of a sudden you're their mentor, you know, that – they're happy to talk to it's yeah it's funny <laughs> it's all about communicating it's interesting because when i um when i announced that i was going to retire there's a lot of people that um said they're going to miss me you know seeing me on the sidelines or you know it, it wrestling events or this and that because they always enjoyed talking you know whether it be about athletic training or not so y- you develop those relationships through effort through time and through trust yeah, those yeah, those are great points, um, and I th- I think Carrie, I mean you both you both hit on it, but when Carrie was talking about having a group text with her with her colleagues, I think and I I, I want to emphasize this just because you know we're not we're not trying to say that it's positive one hundred percent of the time and things are always great and what's always good and we're being naive like things you know people have bad days bad things happen absolutely but it, it's knowing 
how and where to voice your concerns or to vent. We, you know, yeah. I, I usually do it, do it to my wife because, you know, she just listens and doesn't know much about the profession and just kind you know, just kind of listens, but you know, you, you don't want to put that out there for thousands of people to see because number one, that you look as being a complainer and people don't like being around complainers. People look at you as being negative and unfortunately as like, I mean, like, like Larry, you said with that, with that stat earlier, negativity is much more, much more easily to be passed along. And it's, it's much more infectious, infectious, unfortunately, than, than positivity is. So those things start to create a really bad wheel. that's hard to stop once it gets going. So it's, we're not saying that being negative or being negative is you should never be negative because obviously there's gonna be times for that. Just know when and know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, one of the big things about developing relationships, say something positive to somebody all of a sudden that changes their whole you know just let them know hey coop you've been a huge mentor to me and and i appreciate yesterday when you you know took care of my athlete at when they came to your school thanks for that they they said you're super cool and i appreciate that now did your day just turn around <laughs> i mean it's all you have to you know don't don't be afraid to to tell people the positive impact they're having on you and, and don't keep score. Don't keep score. You know, yeah. you, you you might have three or four or five negative things, but you, it's okay. You can say something positive. You know, don't keep score, whether positive or negative. You know, just try and be positive. That's all. So, so when we're talking about this stuff, you know, positivity, being professional in in those public forums, the thing that sometimes I, may, we may not think about is, and Larry, you referred to this, you know, having a personal and a professional, you know, kind of split. Um, my, my, all of my social media is, is professional. You know, I'll put some personal things in there because I, I think that kind of that vulnerability sometimes helps, helps create connections where people can kind of relate with you. But, um, you know, our athletes are on social media. Our athletes may, you know, if they find a way to follow us on Twitter or see what we're posting about, and those things can get back to the players, to the coaches, to the parents. So, you know, in, in your opinion, and I, this kind of goes back into everything we've been talking about, but how does that how do how are we portraying ourselves to our athletes if, if they can kind of see what we're posting well that is a great point and it's something i wanted to bring up before the end you know there, there's people unfortunately that vent on social media they're, they're losing their jobs mm -hmm. um, there are there are employers that are monitoring that kind of stuff now and if you you know if you say something or if you're continuing to be negative or um condescending or you know just disrespectful to um, parents or athletes or coaches or administration, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. And, and we're seeing more and more of that. So, you know, everybody that's out there using social media has to be a little bit more um, mindful of that, you know, moving forward. It, it's becoming a reality. And again, um, I'll play devil's advocate here because somebody would say to that, well, that, you know, those are private accounts that only people can, you know, only athletic trainers can be on these accounts. Well, guess what? <laughs> those people aren't all your friends. There's thousands of people on there and screenshot is a thing. And, you know, it's just, it's just very inappropriate. And like I said, if you need to vent and we all do, and that's not a, awful thing we all need to vent and have to say something negative once in a while say it to your friends your real friends in private <laughs> you know and get through that it's it's don't do it on a social media platform 
and what you're going to find too, and, and Carrie, I was fortunate enough to serve um, with Carrie on a, on a committee on the NATA secondary school committee. And she was the um, um, board liaison and she did an awesome job by the way. But um, we talk and we do, you know, we, her and I would talk and sometimes it would be negative, but it would be refreshing because she might have a, a different alternative to the situation might be helpful. And then, you know, the sarcasm would make you laugh, you know, and then, and then it's, you realize, well, you know, really that problem isn't quite as big as it, I thought it was. I mean, you know, I was making more of it. Maybe I need to just let it go, you know, just be like frozen and let it go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And kind of, kind of tying in with that as well. Some, and again, I mean, you, you don't really have to, there's not really a minimum age to be on social media. So some of the kids who see stuff we're posting could be minors. And again, if this stuff gets back to their parents, and again, we're in the, assuming we're in the secondary school setting, a parent sees something we post and they're like, well, I don't want my kid receiving care from, from that guy or that, or that, that lady. I'm going to go take them to just, you know, the local hospital because I don't, I don't, I don't like how they're portraying themselves or I don't like what their views are so on and so forth. So I'm going to take them somewhere else. And then, and then, then we can't do our job because we're, because we're not being professional on a, on a public forum. Mm -hmm. Again, keep it positive about our profession. That's how we're going to grow. Absolutely. So kind of a little confessional here. Um, I have done that to where, like, in that secondary school Facebook group, I was like, man, I, it was, I think it was somebody, a comment to somebody's post, but I was like, I don't like football. I, I hate football, right? So I, like, because I really didn't like football here. I didn't like, the coaches didn't like dealing with it. But then... Like later, probably I don't know, a month later, because I'm not very sharp, right? I, I realize how foolish that is because somebody can get that. And, and even if I don't like the coaches and the situation and the way that they run practice and the way that they do things, there's still those athletes that I'm taking care of that are going to see that I don't like football. That means I don't like them. That means I'm not going to take care of them, right? So I've I've made that mistake before. Whereas now, you know, I, I like the coaches, the, the athletes, the way things have changed but even at that i'm going to take care of those kids but if i put that out there on social media that i don't like football then it changes a lot of things in the way that i can care for those athletes and you know i just speak from experience and i i learned that that's not a really good idea i didn't get fired i didn't get in trouble i didn't get reprimanded but it's something that i did and then later learned uh, how it can negatively in fact impact the future of how i care for people right <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And I'll just add to that since we're doing a little confession time. Um, <laughs> you, you, usually I'm, I'm, you know, well, I mean, I would say most of the time, like we, I was talking about with you guys on Tuesday, I try to be overly positive almost to a fault. Um, but I, uh, this is probably what, I don't know, two or three years ago now um, when I was working at my previous, previous school before I moved. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoy working out, you know, at a pretty, you know, pretty hardcore gym with people yelling and screaming so on and so forth and I was doing a deadlift and you know people are screaming the f word at me and this and that and I, I posted it not thinking anything about it and you know I got in trouble from the hospital just because you know that does not portray professionalism and you know look at, again I didn't I had no malintention when I was posting it but it just makes you think about and this is kind of one of the things we're going to uh, touch on here in a second is think about what you post and even if it's not the words you're physically typing into the post the content that you're actually posting to could be, you know, um, I guess 
perceived as malicious, even though there was no malicious intent with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that Carrie and I probably have a little different take on this too, because we've been um, stewards of the profession. You know, as a committee chair, I'm a district two secretary. I was involved in Pennsylvania as a, on the board of directors and different um, committees. And Carrie's been involved at the national level for years, and you know, in, in her district and, and in her state. So. We've had to be cognizant of that for a much, probably a much longer time than the average person. And I didn't, I don't mind that. It, it was never a burden. It was ne because I understood the importance of, of being positive and watching the content that you put out there and people are watching you. You're, you're maybe under a little bit of a microscope. So, you know, if, if you have aspirations to be involved in the profession and to, you know, maybe have an, an office position in your district or your state or whatever, you, you better be aware of that because it people look that kind of stuff up. One of the things, like it just kind of comes back to, I know you were talking about coaches specifically in the beginning, but even yesterday um, there was a, a situation where it could have gone one way, but it didn't. So uh, one of the expectations is that we're setting out water for each of the teams, right? But we don't ever know when they're practicing. They don't communicate. They don't tell us their schedule. They don't tell us, oh, hey, we're not going out today. I've asked them a couple of times, say, hey, let me know when you're going out and we can we can make this happen because I'm not going to set stuff out and then you're not going to use it or we have to go chase it down later, right? And so I've said, okay, well, we're going to create a solution. We're going to set up these coolers. We're going to put them right outside the door. You come get them. You bring them back, we'll, we'll refill them, we'll clean them, that kind of stuff. All right, so we'll have it ready. You just have to come get it since we don't know where and when. And then then they're like, well, now we have to come get this and then go across the street and get the water bottles. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I'm going to put the water bottles on top of the cooler so that it's ready for you to come get. It's like, now I have to keep up with the bottles. And so one of the coaches came to me complaining. was like, can't we just put out that the it's like a water boy, like a hydration station type thing, right? And I was like, okay. Because in all of my emails, I said, this is what we're trying. If this doesn't work, communicate with me and we'll create a win-win situation, something that works for both of us. And then so when he came in, he knew he could communicate and say, hey, can't we just do this instead? This was so much easier. And I said, okay, we'll fill it up. We'll set it right here. You haul it out. You bring it back. We'll fill it back up the next day, right? And instead of it, it creating a situation where he's complaining to the AD or to the, you know, the principal, it's like, okay. We created a solution. You didn't like it. Let's find a different one. Okay, that didn't work. Let's find something else. This is what you want. We can make that work, right? It doesn't really take any more effort, but it's just about sending out that email saying, hey, I'm open to communication. We're trying this out. If it doesn't work, then let's find something that does work for both of us. Well, Jeremy, think about how much negativity you saved. If the coach goes to practice and complains about you and you've got all, all the athletes and then the athletes go home and they're talking with their parents and they, you know, say, oh yeah, can you believe what Jeremy did? You know, so all of a sudden, by just by doing that, that was so positive and you created an atmosphere that you're an ally instead of an enemy. Mm -hmm. Keep moving, moving along here. Um, I know we're kind of, kind of skipping around, touch, touching on some different things, but um, again, kind of looking at the broad picture of the communication on, I keep thinking in my head Twitter because that's that's what I see most most of. I, I don't get on the secondary school page as much as I should, so I probably start doing that. But um, what just what are what is some? And I, I know a lot. Of this may, some of this may seem redundant, um, 
but in th thinking about picking your battles, so like when you see a a post you may disagree with or um, some something you don't like or something that kind of seems, you know, like a stupid question or things like that, how important is it to pick your battles? Like, how how, how do you how do you go about that, Carrie? I saw you nodding your head. Um, well, and I'm not thinking when you say pick your battles, I, it's a different way. I'm not thinking about social media. I'm thinking about how people get so worked up about little things at work. <clears throat> and sometimes you read some of those things and you just want to say, oh my gosh, relax. You know, like Coop, you touched on it earlier. Yes, someone's always going to stand in front of you if you wait a couple minutes, they'll move, you know, or just stand up and, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Don't get worked up about it. And, you know, uh, gosh, what are some other, it's just, yeah, pick your battles because there's always something that's going to go wrong, but don't, don't let that ruin your whole day. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and the, as far as social media, yes, there's always people who think that they have to give their voice on every single post and, <clears throat> we know who they are. I mean, we all see, <laughs> and really, yeah. Coop, what do you got for that? I, <laughs> you know, the, the email that we sent or that you sent to Jeremy, um, back in April was about the top 10, you know? Yeah. 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 The first one, I think this is the one that we see most often complaints on social media. And that's about last minute changes, late night text and phone calls, and not sending athletes to you. And, you know, I think that those are situations that can be rectified and, and, and change very, very easily, very quickly. You know, the last minute changes, you know, send out an, an email or um, say, hey, here's my, my cell phone number. Um, could you text me if there's going to be any changes or last, you know, uh, cancellations? And let them know that here, I am available for you. Please make the effort. And if they don't, say, hey, listen, don't forget you have my my um, cell phone number. I'd really appreciate it if you had to um, take a minute and, and send me a text to let me know if there's a cancellation or a delay or a change, whatever it is. You know, so it, it might take two or three times, but it, it'll, it'll change. Um, as far as late night texts and calls, I see nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I think if they're trusting you and they, they know that you're there for a reason, and that's to help their team and their athletes, if they're texting you late at night, um, you, you might say, hey, listen, I appreciate that, but normally I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. Um, you know, if it's if it's after 10 o'clock, send me an email. I'll, I'll answer first thing in the morning, or I'll get a hold of you first thing in the morning. Don't get angry. That's a good thing if they're texting you or trying to call you or trying to get your advice. I look at things that those things slightly different than than maybe the average person. And then the other thing is not sending athletes to you. You just have to do a better job of selling your skill set. You know, whether it be to the parents or to the athlete or to the coach. You know, whatever. You you just got to buckle down, put your nose to the grindstone, and and show your value. Um. I've been known to send a text, <clears throat> excuse me, late at night to somebody knowing full well that they were probably asleep and I didn't expect them to answer that at all, but I was afraid I would forget if I didn't do it right then. So sometimes that might be, they don't, maybe they're not expecting you. You don't need to answer 
at 10 o'clock at night. Save it for morning. It's, it, you know, unless you feel comfortable answering it. Um, and then the first thing that you talked about, last minute changes and things like that. One of the best things that we added to our contract a long time ago was that um, last minute, we, we needed 48 hours notice. So um, if they add something and we already have plan, you know, like if they add something to a Saturday, oh, we have a scrimmage this Saturday. Oh, sorry, coach, I didn't know about it. And I already have plans with my family to do this. I'm, I'm protected by my contract. Now, sometimes do I still go and cover that last minute practice? Absolutely, because I care about my job. I care about my team and I want them to be successful. And so sometimes they need us there. So, um, but don't always feel that you have to drop everything because some coach added something at the last minute and maybe that's something you can think about it adding to your contract so it covers you you know that way as well so real quick mike carroll is watching live on facebook or checked in joined and Hello, that's, mike that's what we call the mike carroll rule uh, i think in the secondary school facebook group because he's the one that said hey you need to make sure this in the contract. You need to tell the coaches that if they don't communicate within, you know, a minimum of 24 hours, other than weather-related conditions, then you're kind of going to be on your own. Of course, it has to be in your contract. But then also, as you were just talking about, um, so if you're looking, okay, I'm on the live thing. I'm holding up my phone, right? So if, if I hold down the send key, then it has the option to schedule a text. So I could schedule the date and the time for a text. So I don't know what phone you use, but you can try doing that as well. If you need to schedule a text for tomorrow morning, so you don't forget. Thank you, um, Jeremy, good <laughs> So, So that can help <laughs> as well. But again, it depends on your phone. And you know, I have a, a Verizon, I'm using the Message Plus app that comes with the Verizon. Uh, and so you have to kind of figure out how it how it works for you, but there's that option as well. So Mike, thanks for, for jumping in there. Um, Joseph Hernandez also, just comment and saying thanks for everything we're sharing so far. So we're gonna we're kind of continuing on working. I think we're almost towards the end of the list there. So Todd, what else you got? Um, the last thing, um, and again, just tying into everything else is you know working on communication skills and how can we continue to improve and get better on how we're communicating with people. Um, I guess kind of just starting off this last point, and I think the, the one word we haven't used yet, and uh, if if anybody on here follows, and if you don't follow, I'd highly recommend Gary Vaynerchuk on all social media platforms. He's awesome. Um, is the, the word is empathy. And every time I have a, a, or a, a conversation or go in to, I know I'm going into a, a conversation and trying to, you know, um, prepare for that. The two words I always keep in my head is I want to approach this conversation with empathy and respect. Because I know if I do that, regardless of what it's about, or what I think the outcome is going to be, I know that I'm going to be approaching that in the correct way. Um, and real quick, just because I, I have it up, he's, I'm pretty uh, scatterbrained and I'm, I'm not good at things, thinking on my off my feet. There was an anonymous post last night on uh, Twitter, and it said, in quotes, it happened to me, I got attacked by one of my own. A physician attacked me on Twitter. I feel surprised, betrayed, even worse, at a loss for words. Has this happened to anyone? And if so, what do you do? What do you do to pick up the pieces and keep moving forward? And my response was, just move on. I always think that someone must be in a really bad place or have something going on to for having for them having to attack someone um, on Twitter or social media. With that in mind, I feel sorry for them. You know, for whatever they're going through or having that negative mental mindset. Try to give them a calculated response. Wish them the best and move on. 
So that's that's kind of how I, I approach that stuff. And again, I just want to try to give an example, maybe to test, just to start start this last point off. But um, I think those things can go a long way. One of the signs of a mature relationship is the ability to disagree, but still be be a friend, or still be able to have a a, a connection. Um, you know, w- whether you have committee work or you're, you you know a colleague or whatever, there's going to be times where you disagree with their direction or their philosophy or their approach to things. That doesn't mean you hold a grudge. You know, you just you, you gotta just you gotta sometimes you just gotta move on. You know, and and I I gotta be honest with you, I didn't always do that with some of my coaches. Um, they were just you know they they it was like. Uh, fingernails on a, on a, it got me. They, I mean, they would get under my skin and, um, yeah, sometimes maybe for a while I would be a little bit irritated, but it didn't mean I didn't interact and, and, and work with them. You know, you, you just have to learn to let that go. Life's too short. Um, I learned a great lesson in the boardroom, good boardroom story. Um, when Jim Thornton was president, we, in the boardroom had a very heated discussion, all of us, um, and opinions were all over the board and, and, um, it, I was upset. My opinion wasn't the uh, most popular opinion. And so we finally had this long discussion that was, um, heated. And then, you know, Jim said, okay, we needed, let's take a bathroom break. And of course I stormed out cause I just needed to breathe her and to get out of that room for a minute and went straight to the bathroom. And when I came out of the bathroom, President Thornton was literally standing there waiting for me. And he, you know, said, are we still friends? And, you know, and that's all I needed. We both smiled and laughed and hugged and said, absolutely. You know, we just, I'm passionate about this. You're passionate about that. And it's okay that we have different opinions and we got to hear all of our opinions. And of course we're still friends, you know? And so we hugged and that was it, you know, never spoke of it again. It's just, but that's a great, um, for him to see that, that I was upset and, and, uh, to come up and just give me a hug that, you know, great, great example of great communication and relationship building from president Thorne. And also a great example of empathy. Yes. Yeah. I understand that you are passionate about that and it's hurting you. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say and we haven't oops, talked sorry. about parents yet. Parents yeah. is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of parent questions on social media. If we're, we want to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, you, you can, you can take the reins on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess we see a lot of just um, social media posts about, and I think Larry, you and I talked about one of them, but um, about, oh, I can't believe this parent took their kid to the ER after I told them what what the injury already was. And they went and saw their doctor and and the doctor told them the exact same thing. And that, you know, athletic trainers are upset about that. Well, hey, guess what? That just gave you credibility. And now the next time the parent, you know, has, an injury or their friend's kid has an injury and they say, well, we're going to take him to the doctor. They might say, Hey, you know, we, we did that. And, and Coop was right about the injury and I wasted some money. So, you know, think about seeing him first. Um, and, and we talked about the one, uh, if a parent wants to do it, it's their kid, they can do whatever they want with their kid. You have to remember that just because you're treating their athlete and we talk, talk about them as our athletes and our patients, 
they're still at the secondary school level. It's their kid. They can do anything they want with their kid. That's recognize that as well. And don't take it personal. And, and you might not agree with, with what they're doing, but again, it goes back to what Carrie said. It's their kid. It's mm -hmm. they're the one responsible for them. They have to feel comfortable with how they're treating their own son or daughter. So, you know, it's step back. And, and I mean, I, and not that I, Jeremy, I know you have young kids taught. I don't know about you, but and and Carrie, I I, th I think that kids, when you have your own kids, it changes your perspective on things mm -hmm. too, because now you, you you have a different angle that you're looking at, different different approach. So just you know, kind of keep that kind of stuff in mind. And again, pick your battles. Comes yeah. up again, pick your battles. You know, don't try to fight with the parent on how you're going to treat their kid if they want to do it differently. That's that's their that's their choice. And there, that might be an opportunity for you to, again, sell your skill set. You know, um, maybe taking a little extra time next time they come in with uh, their son or daughter and explain and explain what the plan of care is and explain what you're going to do in your athletic training facility to help them. And, and just, you know, you might have to take a little extra time with those difficult parents. But it's all part of the process. If, if you truly love the profession and you want to develop it and grow it the way it should be. I think I'm going to kind of close this out with, with this. So recently on, on Instagram, I shared a story. I called a, a kid's grandparent cause that's who that kid lives with. And we were discussing the concussion care. The kid got injured at home. Our district policy is if it's an injury at home, they have to see their doctor and be treated, you know, and obviously school insurance can't cover a injury that occurs at home. So the grandmother was very upset. You know, why does she have to go back to the doctor? Why does this, this have to happen? Um, and, you know, we already took her, we already took the athlete to the doctor and all these kind of things. Well, the issue wasn't that she didn't want to take her uh, child to the doctor. Her issue was the money, right? It was there, you know, several people living in that house. They're uh, already stretched really thin and they just, they couldn't afford going to another doctor. So instead of me saying, well, you have to take your athlete to the doctor or else, it's like, I understand the situation. I'm sorry this happened. Um, here's some options and that kind of thing. And so again, it's communicating and building those relationships and understanding, like you just said, Todd, the empathy, understanding the situation, what is really going on behind and just allowing, giving that person an opportunity to talk. And as recently we talked about with Charlotte Koenig about setting those boundaries, you know, maybe, okay, we got five minutes, share what is going on with me, restate what the, what you feel like is the main main issue, and then go from there. But I think over and over again, we said, if you communicate, if you slow down, if you listen, if you're empathetic, then then you'll do a lot better, right? And unfortunately... I am very slow to learn this, right? And so even with my kids, probably yesterday or the day before, you know, it's like, no, go do this. But dad, can I? No. But dad, can I? No. But dad, all I want to do is say, can I help you? Oh, okay. Well, sure. Well, if I would have freaking listened, then it wouldn't have caused a lot of problem and all that drama, right? And so, you know, I'm definitely still greatly in the learning process at the age of almost 39. So, um, so kind of a closing out, Todd, um, Larry and Carrie, why don't you give everybody a way to get a hold of you and your your final thought about how we can communicate and grow? 
Um, let's start. Let's start with Todd. How did they get a hold of you? And you're you're kind of wrapping up of the. So the easiest way to get a hold of me, like I said last time, is uh, on social media at Todd Sports Med uh, across all platforms. Um, and my my close my closing thing is real simple. Is and we didn't cover this. Is just learn and it take it's hard, but learn how to not take everything personally. It'll you'll save yourself a lot of heartache. Just realize people aren't coming at you with sinister intentions. They're not trying to get back at you, get revenge. And if you kind of keep that in mind and learn how to not take things personally, you'll save yourself a lot of heartache and not uh, and, and a lot of sadness. You can get a hold of me uh, best ways by email, which I'm sure Jeremy will post on the um, show notes or wherever you post it. Um, and my final thoughts are, remember the phrase, how can I help? Uh, remember, we're in a service profession. We're out there to help people and and um, help people succeed. And so a good line you can always just start with is, what can I do to help you? The best way to get a hold of me is is via email as well. And I'm sure Jeremy will post that. And, I, and if I, I'm going to do a close by just a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a huge fan of texting um, because you, you're not able to um, – understand what the person's emphasizing or um the tone or their their feelings associated with that so if you you're upset you're angry you're disappointed whatever you want to say probably a text is not the way to to get back to that person maybe a phone call maybe a face-to-face meeting and that way you can understand that person way better um and and that's just me just i'm not a big fan of texting in those situations. Yeah. Well, that shows your generation. We didn't really talk about generational differences, but we spend, we, you know, our generation is spending lots of time trying to figure out how to communicate best with the younger generation and what they like to, you know, and how we help them be successful. Maybe they can also learn how to communicate how we like to communicate. Maybe you have an older coach on staff and um, they want you to come talk to them or make, give them a phone call, you know? Um, so it works both ways. Good point, Carrie. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I want to, since we're communicating, I want to make sure Mike said, hey, thanks for the shout out, but that Mike Carroll rule is actually, if you don't think it's important enough to tell me about it, then I don't think it's important enough to be there. So I make I don't want to like misquote Mike Carroll, but, and then, you know, he's also been the one that regularly comments and says, you need to work it in your contract, make sure it's, you know, the 24 hour rule kind of thing. But yeah, I... I don't think there's anything that we've said here that I would need to kind of restate or reiterate because I think everything we've, we've said just fits right in line and it also fits different situations. So um, there's tons more we could continue to talk about. Um, the partner for today's show is Myotech, right? So if you go to sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Myotech, you can use the code DSMB and save. Again, they're a company that is uh, communicates like, face-to-face small small business type communication right really good at communicating and then but they take care of you like a big company could with prices and, and delivery follow through so um again sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash myotech using the code the smb if you want to check that out this episode is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash communicate where i'll have the links and the comments and the thoughts and things like that ways to get a hold of everybody so for jeremy carrie wood Larry Cooper, Todd Sable, and the Sports Medicine Broadcast. That is a wrap. Thanks. Thank you.